Well, welcome to episode two of Emmanuel's Advent podcast. We're really excited uh, to be doing this and to have you listening to us. I'm Jason Peterson. I'm one of the pastors here at Emmanuel, and I'm with my good friend, Christine Tina Hoffler. Say yes, hi, Tina. and I'm one of the members here at, at Emmanuel. And how, long have you, how long have you been, you and Drew, been here at Emmanuel? It'll be two years in February. Okay. And you host a small church in your house. Yes, we do. Famous for the, your, um, the pizza oven that you have in the backyard. Yes, I love pizza. Which gets a lot of use, I've heard. Yes, I've yet awesome. to be there for one of those. We should have an Advent pizza party. Yes, yes, right. that would be awesome. <laughs> love it. Well, we have been in this series um, that we're calling Repeat the Sounding Joy, walking through Advent uh, and through uh, ways that we can experience joy even in the midst of some really resounding challenges and mm-hmm. tough things in life. Yes. Um, and this is kind of week two in that. We're kind of getting into uh, pairing these these podcasts with the corresponding uh, devotionals that Tina has mm-hmm. written. Uh, and we can find all of those resources, including the, the these podcasts and the devotionals and links to our Christmas EP, all those things at manual.church slash advent. So Tina... What are what are some of your um, what are some of your like Advent traditions? When do you start listening to music and putting up the decorations and all that stuff? Uh, it all happens the day after Thanksgiving. We do not listen to any Christmas music prior to that. It's a hard line in our household. Hard kind line, of, kind of like no pineapple on pizza. Although that does happen when guests bring pineapple to put on pizza. Okay, so but, you're not hard liners on pineapple, but on Christmas music, yes, hard bright line. Yeah, right. Day after Thanksgiving, we get all our decorations out. We go early in the morning to get our tree. We try to be first on the lot. The whole thing. Yeah, I How remember about when, you? I, when I was a kid. I mean, this this sounds kind of you know Mayberry, but literally the day after Thanksgiving, we would go out to I think it was called like Pleasant Valley Farm or something nice. like that, and we would literally go on the Friday and cut the tree yep. to the point where we would, you know, after we were married living in the cities, uh, we would still go to Menominee and still go to that same tree oh, farm awesome. and, and cut the tree and put it on the roof and bring it to the cities. Yeah. And yeah. The Christmas music, I, it's interesting. I think like some of the radio stations start playing Christmas music like in October. I mean, oh my gosh, it, it's, it's, it seems so silly. Um, yeah. It's not, no, you have Halloween, then Thanksgiving, then Christmas. And then you get to do Christmas. That's awesome. Uh, And the Christmas tree, do you do real or do you do? Real. We go cut it down with a saw. With a saw, literally. Okay. Yep. Yep. So when you say first on the lot, you mean like first on the farm to start your lumberjacking. Saw it down, drag (laughs) it back. Yes. That's awesome. Um, We have for the last forever gone to Big John's tree lot. Huh. Uh, it used to be at Barley John's in New Brighton, and they don't have it anymore, so it's up on a holiday. I have no idea why we like Big John so much, but that's <laughs> where we get our tree like every single year. Nice. This episode brought to you by Big John's Tree Lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about Christmas songs? Do you, have a, do you have a favorite Christmas or Advent song? Oh, I love so many songs. I Yeah, I love singing Christmas carols. We have Tons and tons of, well, we used to, you know, CDs, now streaming, mm-hmm. but yes. But one of my favorites is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Oh, hands down. Joy to the World, I love. Well, that's a funny juxtaposition because, you know, Joy to the World is such a joyous song, but O Come, O Come, Emmanuel really is a song of, of kind of longing. I mean, it's it is. it's one that, that sounds kind of sad, but it, I mean, it speaks to you know, kind of the Isaiah 9 where, you know, God's mm-hmm. people, I mean... God had been silent for hundreds of years, and, yes. and they are just longing 
uh, and anticipating and mm-hmm. waiting uh, for light to emerge in that darkness. And here, you know, we're saying, rejoice, rejoice. Yes. Um, Emmanuel has come, you know, God with us. Mm-hmm. Because it is both, I think. That's the thing about waiting, anticipating, and walking with God in many other areas of life. We have all these longings. They're not always immediately fulfilled, but we walk through them, and we can have joy at the same time. It's yeah. it's not one or the other. Christmas think- is a lot of both. I don't, you know, I, there, are, there are definitely sacred songs that I love and there are mm-hmm. sacred songs that I don't as much. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely true of non-sacred songs. Like, <laughs> I don't mind, you know, Mariah Carey's whatever, the most popular Christmas song ever. That's fine. Uh, I think if I could make it through the entire Christmas season and never hear uh, it's a, uh, what is it? It's it marshmallow world in the winter. <laughs> oh, I just hate that song so much. It's the worst. <laughs> and Little Drummer Boy was always one that I never liked either. Until until I learned to play it on the piano, and then I enjoyed it more. Yeah. But in general, I'm like, what? Mom is going to say, yeah, come play your drum next to my sleeping baby. (laughs) This is not practical. It feels a little apocryphal. (laughs) I don't remember that in any of the gospel accounts. Exactly. Oh, that's great. Well, so we are, and I think part part of why I even bring that up is I think there is this pressure during the season where it's supposed to be, you know, it's, it's like Disneyland is the most wonderful place in the world. This right. is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, it isn't. Right. And, and I think sometimes, at least, some of those very saccharine, sugary, sweet, you know, marshmallow world yes. in the winter, you know, it, it's, it's an attempt to, it's an attempt to kind of make it happier and to brighten it. You know, it's Christmas it's, cheerleading. Yes, uh, just forcing it cheer. into yeah. the space or ignoring the hard pieces and just, oh, let's just put a fun veneer on this. And so one of the reasons why yeah. I love, you know, songs like O Come, O Come, Emmanuel mm-hmm. or, or O Holy Night. I mean, it speaks mm-hmm. to the longing. Yes. Um, and sort of the, in, in one of our planning meetings, I think it was Jamie Latipo that referred to this idea of, of pondering the brokenness mm. and that it's okay. Uh, in fact, not, not only okay, it's necessary yes. for us to be able to be willing to sit in a little of that brokenness and Mm -hmm. and to truly experience the joy, not to try to escape the wilderness, um, but to have God meet us. Yes. In the the midst of it. Right. Yeah. No, I definitely think that's, that's one of the things about joy. It's not, it's not like um, an antidote to sorrow or misery where like you add a little joy in and then all the rest goes away. Just a spoonful of sugar. Yeah. Yeah. But it's right alongside the things that we're going through. It's right alongside the sorrow or the hardship. And it's, I like to think of it like we talked before about joy being like light, both a particle and a wave. It's dual natured. And the idea that it's joy and sorrow are both part of life. And they come in just like a candle shining in a dark room. You know, there's it's small, and so it sheds light all around it. It drives the darkness away in a space, but it's not. It doesn't completely eradicate it. Or the stars at night, they're shining in the midst of darkness, and so joy is there. It's not the only thing that's there, but it's there, and it's definitely it definitely makes a difference. If you're in a terribly dark room and you light a candle, that brings a difference. It makes a difference in what you see and how you experience that space and joy. I feel is that same way. If we're in misery, if we're in hardship, 
and we can bring in that joy, receive that joy, look for that joy, choose to experience joy alongside of it, it makes a difference. Well, and I think, um, you know, to, to kind of quote that, you know, it says, John once says, the light came into the world and the darkness could not overcome it. And right. I think there's there's a similar, you know, there's still a lot of darkness. Right. But it will not defeat that, that light. Right. Uh, and I think the same with the joy that is of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, it doesn't change the darkness, but the darkness can't overcome it. And right. It's truly anchored. Right. Uh, in God and in, in the story of Jesus. I, I like the fact that you talk about in, in this week's devotional and, and some of your other writings, this idea of, you know, it's kind of twofold. Uh, joy is both being able to receive and experience joy, uh, but then also able to kind of choose or cultivate mm-hmm. joy. Talk talk a little bit more about that. Like it's not something you manufacture. Right. It's and not, we have a role to play. Yes. It's not something that all depends on us. We don't have to strive or sort of force it into ourselves. And yet God has provided joy for us. I think of it as being sources of joy can be both physical and spiritual. We are both physical and spiritual beings. Okay. And so if you look at the physical world around us, if you think of our five senses, there are so many things that bring us joy here on earth. There's beauty around us. There are sounds that are incredibly joyful, laughter and you know, songs and music. And there's so much that we can observe and savor about this physical world. And I think those are good gifts from God. And those mm. bring us joy, even though they might be temporary, even though they're not you know, overly spiritual, if you will. God has still provided many, many good things for us to enjoy. And so we can be attentive to that and look for that and start seeing it more and more the more we look for it. For some reason, I, I don't know I don't know why, but for some reason, like the last week, we just had incredible sunrises and sunsets. Yes. I don't know if you've seen that, but I mean, they've just been absolutely astounding. And mm-hmm. the time of day that we're bringing kids to school and picking kids up from school, like I've gotten to experience both ends of that. Yeah. And, and it is just, like you're saying, it's such, you could miss it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could come up with, you know, just, I, I'll be honest with you, like part of me, I was in the car last night talking with one of Ben's friends and I said like, yeah, it's so beautiful. I mean, too bad it's probably the result of some forest fire somewhere. That, you know, <laughs> like, I went cynical on it. Uh, instead of just saying, no, God didn't have to make that beautiful. Yeah. Uh, he chose, you know, to give yes. that as a gift that we can either receive mm-hmm. or cynically block or, you know, whatever. Yes, because when we see beauty or hear something beautiful that, it reminds us of God's nature. It reminds us that there is goodness and beauty and richness in the world. It's not just all darkness and brokenness and fallen nature. Yeah. God is, has come, Jesus has come into the world and the kingdom of light and the kingdom of heaven has invaded our broken, fallen world. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah, talk, talk a little bit more about that. Because I mean, I, if, if we stopped right now, it'd be, I think, easier for the listener to you know think, Okay, so just see more sunsets, smell the, you know, stop and smell the roses. Right. But it's more than just that. Anybody can do that. And that, that's a gift offered from God to anyone. Right. And so how is it profoundly different to, to see that through the lens of God? How, what is the joy of the Lord different than just yeah, serving? It's, and what and, are some of the ways, you know, you, you talk about we can experience it, the implication there being, you know, received or experienced it, the implication being we can also do things that, Block, block it. it, right? We can yeah. ignore it. We can go cynical. Yeah. <laughs> we can, we can just sort of <laughs> power through our days and not pay attention to all the things that God is giving us. And I think we can do that on a spiritual level as well. We can, you know, the Bible says to walk in step with the Spirit, to be attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
and we enjoy being a fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you think of fruit, it's something you cultivate. It's something you create conditions around. Um, you know, if you plant a tree and you want fruit, you're tending to the soil, you're watering, you're you know, protecting it at first maybe. There are things that we can choose to do to remind ourselves of God's character, of God's goodness. Yes, we're in, maybe we're in a hard space, we're in, we've got loss and tragedy. And God is so creative, and God is able to take even the worst things, even things that other people or the enemy meant for evil, and use them somehow for good. And I can't always see that in the moment, but I believe in God's creative power and God's creative nature. And I look at the stories in the Bible, and I look at the stories of saints that I know around me, and I see how God has worked, and how God has turned things around, how God has made a way where there seems to be no way, how God has taken something awful, and somehow created something and used it in a way that brings good to that person and to people around them. And when I remember God's creativity, when I remember God's power, when I remember God's nature of love and his withness, his, he is with us. Mm -hmm. Those things cultivate that joy in my life, right? The remembering that, telling myself those, the, those stories or listening to music that reminds me of that or calling a friend and maybe even venting and being angry and upset, but then allowing them to speak words of truth to me and remind me that this is not all there is, mm. right? When you look at the classic examples, look at David in the Psalms. He often starts out, you know, I'm alone, I'm awful, think people are trying to kill me, crush my enemies, you know, but he often ends with praising God and remembering who God is. Mm. And so those are things we can do and choose to do to cultivate that joy in our life and to feed that and to mm. remember our bigger perspective. In this week's devotion, you you address some kind of misconceptions we often have about hmm. joy and about how we are to experience it. Talk a little bit about those, if you will. I think you talk about like sometimes it's, it's dependent on a, a ceremony or an event or a right. Oftentimes we'll think about joy. What does joy look like? Oh, it's a really big important event. It's you know it's a it's wedding. A it's it's yeah. a Disney trip. Yeah. It's the vacation we've been dreaming of. It's this award that I finally achieved. This, but we also experience joy every day. And or we can, we can look for that. We can experience, like you were saying, a sunset. We can experience a good time with friends or family members where we really connect, where we really are able to, you know, laugh around the dinner table or really support someone and love them and feel seen and heard and understood. All of those everyday moments can bring us joy. I was talking to someone recently who's got a young baby, right? And you're up in the middle of the night and you're up early in the morning, but then you walk over and you look down in the crib and the baby smiles at you. And there in the midst of all of your, yep. you know, sleep deprived <laughs> nature, yep. there is something that sparks joy in your heart. That's like, ah, oh, yes, I love this little one, you know, and, and that's how life is. It's both together. It's not just the big things. It's, although we do have a lot of joy in those moments, it's also available every day in lots of little ways as well. I like, I mean, I think part of what I really like about the way you frame this in your writings is that there really is, there's a connection between our actions and experience it, but it's not that we manufacture it. Uh, it is this idea of positioning. You, you said early on uh, in this talk, you know, this mm -hmm. idea that like there is a live stream of joy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> available to us uh, if 
you know, it, it's it's back in the day. There's this thing called over the air television. I think it still happens. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Where like there's there's this constant stream of content that's there. Yes. But you don't get it if you don't have the antenna. Yes. Uh, you know, you have to actually connect to it and stay connected to mm-hmm. it in order to experience it. Uh, and so often, I think we find ways to disconnect uh, from that source, a sustaining source. Yeah. So practically speaking, you know, nuts and bolts on this, what are what are some ways that you have found in a world that is so constantly wanting to draw attention to the dark? There's no 24-hour mm-hmm. news channel about joy. Right. <laughs> There's plenty about you know, right. war and devastation and disease and mm-hmm. climate you know, it's, it's where my brain goes to. It's probably a forest fire somewhere causing all right, the beauty. Right, right. You know, how, what are some practical ways that you have found that you can turn off some of those voices and instead see the joy and experience both the natural joy and also kind of the spirit-filled yeah. joy? Yeah, it's a, it is a, for me, it is a process and a practice, if you will. And it's something that I've had to work at in the deliberate choices, Every day, right? And I sometimes it's it's something I think starts small, and then over time it gets easier and easier. So I'll give a, a physical example that's uh, probably easier to understand. And uh, a few years ago, I don't know when, I started looking for birds of prey as I would drive around. Eagles, hawks, whatever. I just I I really like to see eagles, and there's you know quite a few eagles here in Minnesota. And I just sort of started looking every time I was in the car, I'm looking, I'm looking. And over time, because I kept looking for those, I started seeing them more and more and more. Mm. And Drew, my husband would remark, he's like, oh my gosh, you're like, you, you spot these all over the place. The like eagle whisperer. Yeah. Why, why do I never see them? Well, you know, because he wasn't really looking for them. But he started looking for them because he saw me because I'd point them out all the time. And then he started getting better at spotting them. And I think that same thing is true, not only on a physical level, what do we look for, what do we pay attention to, but also on a spiritual level. If Mm. I can keep drawing myself back, even though at first it might not seem like I'm seeing a lot of eagles or I'm seeing a lot of reasons for joy, if I can keep reminding myself of... God's goodness, God's creativity, God's love, God's, you know, he's at work in my life. He's, he's with me in this moment. He's for us. He's yeah. for us. All of these things, as I keep going back to them, it might be reading a scripture. It might be, like I said, listening to music. I love to listen to the words of songs. And so that's really meaningful to me. I'm such a word person. Um, yeah. You know, and so I find those things that for me ignite that, that flame, right? That mm. turn me to an eternal perspective. And it takes a variety of forms, like calling a friend, listening to music. Sometimes I go back and read journals. I journal is another thing I do. I journal most days. Mm. And I would go back and look sometimes when I was struggling with a question with God. I, All right, let me read my journal over the last few months and see what God's been saying. And sometimes I'd be like, oh, look at that. God has already answered me. I forgot God told me this or God showed me that. And so lots of little things. And I would say, just pick something that you know speaks to your heart. Is it music? Is it certain scriptures? Is it a walk outside just to clear your mind? Is it a 
a post-it that you put up somewhere? Is it a symbol of yeah, something? I think part of what I'm hearing you say is, and it's not necessarily a one-time experience. It's mm-hmm. not like, I'm feeling blue, go listen to a happy song. Right. It's, no, develop a discipline mm-hmm. of perhaps even daily mm-hmm. listening to a Christmas song and processing on the words or daily going yeah. for that walk. Uh, when you were talking, I thought of the old hymn, um, it's not a Christmas song, but the old hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Yes. And I remember at one point in my life being very dismissive of that because mm-hmm. it ends with the phrase, and the things of earth are you know, strangely dim. Yes. Like this escapism. Yeah. And as now as an adult, <laughs> you know, if you if you read those words, it's, you know, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full at his wonderful face, mm-hmm. and the things of earth will go strangely, strangely dim, dim in the light of his glory and grace. Yes. You know, it's like when you, it is physically, it's, it's not, it's, it's acknowledging the light, but then Focusing on the light, seeing the light, choosing mm-hmm. to see Jesus, choosing to see joy. Yes. So that those voices of earth, the the 24-hour news channels, the pressures mm-hmm. we feel and our careers and work can grow strangely dim. They don't go away. Right. But they, they aren't the focus of our attention the way they want to be. Yeah. And it's it's a it's an experience that we've all had in at, at times in our life. If you think about the uh the experience of falling in love. You fall in love and suddenly even mundane things are more enjoyable because here you are running to the store, doing an errand with somebody that you're in love with. Here you are, you know, walking along, whatever you're doing, it just, it adds this whole new dimension and you're suddenly able to endure something because of this person beside you. Yeah. And that's the process as we fall in love with God, as we, know his love and experience him walking through it it changes how we look at things and it changes how we go through things that's good that's good well tina thanks for your time uh thanks Mm -hmm. for your insights your thoughts for these devotionals all of these devotionals like i said are available on our website emmanuel.church advent uh, as well as some other resources and and the music that we've been kind of featuring throughout Mm -hmm. these uh throughout these podcasts We'd, we'd encourage you to, to go check that out. We'd love to hear from you uh, on uh, how you are experiencing joy in the midst of this season. Uh, so send us a note. Um, we'd love to hear from you on that. With that, I, I want to maybe have us listen, uh, for those who choose to, yes. uh, listen to our recording of O Come, o Come Emmanuel. Thanks for checking us out, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Yeah.